Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast for November 23rd. How is everybody? My name is Eric. I am the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF21Sports underscore on Instagram, at ETOF21Sports on TikTok, and at ETOF21 on Twitter. How is everybody doing this lovely November afternoon? Can you believe Thanksgiving is only four days away? Speaking of Thanksgiving, I'm really having a hard time deciding what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm going home or not going back. Both my parents are a little elderly And the last thing I want to do is give them this awful coronavirus. I do not have it. At least I don't think I have it. I got tested on Friday. got tested today. Self-isolating and lockdown here in the Love Jones, trying to stay away from people. So hopefully, you know, I'm negative. I can go home. But at the end of the day, this thing's spreading like wildfire. And the last thing I want to do is danger my parents. So with that being said, I'm really not sure when my next episode will come out. If I don't go, it will be the normal schedule. If I do go, the schedule will be altered a little bit. So as usual, Monday is always a Reaction Monday episode where I go through the games, tell you what I saw, what I thought, all that good jazz. Nice little betting weekend in terms of NFL, 8.32 UROI. Lost the Jags game, and we lost a Michael Gallup prop. Other than that, we hit the Raiders plus the 7.5, Jets plus the 10, Cowboys plus the seven and the money line of plus 282. The first game we're going to look into in terms of reacting to the games is the Lions against the Carolina Panthers. P.J. Walker got the start. If you listen to any of my stuff, I thought they should have gone with P.J. Walker beforehand. P.J. Walker is a little bit more dynamic in terms of running the ball than Teddy Bridgewater. You can do a little, a lot more RPOs with him. He looked good in his first NFL start, 282 and a tutty. And it was the first time that the Lions have been shut out since 2015. For me, as in a Lions fan, this is the low point. The Panthers' defense should not be shutting the Lions out at all with the weapons the Lions have, namely the weapon being Matt Stafford. When Stafford is 18 for 33, only a buck 78, and the Panthers' defense, which is awful against the run, and your leading rusher is Old Man Peterson, that speaks to the problem. The problem is Bevel. Bevel needs to stop being so vanilla with his play calling. His play calling is not doing any favors for the Lions. And honestly, I cannot wait. I hope the Lions bring in an offensive coach in terms of next year. I've been very vocal. I think that coach should be Joe Brady. And I think he would be a perfect fit and he could get everything out of the Lions offensively moving forward. I mean, look what he's doing at Carolina with that offensive line. Mike Davis, solid game, 19 for 64 one TD, DJ Moore, seven for 127. That game made DJ Moore relevant. So if you drafted DJ Moore, that was good for you. Another game, next game, Titans 30, Ravens 24. Ravens, I've, I've spoke about it numerous times. This Ravens offense, teams have figured out as long as you put eight men in the, in the box and make Lamar beat you, he can't do that yet in terms of his development. And... They're only letting him look at one side of the field, two routes. And that's really limiting what this offense can do. I know you brought in Des Bryant, but everyone has a hard-on for Des Bryant. But guys, you have to remember, there's a reason why Des Bryant has been out of the league and hasn't been on a roster. He's not that good. He's not that exciting playmaker that can move the sticks. So the Ravens did nothing to improve themselves. And honestly, their window is probably closed. 
J.D. Cobbins looked good. I think he should be obviously the number one rusher on that team. But when you're receiving core, Des Bryant is your top wide receiver with four for 28. That's not going to get it done. That's not going to get it done at all. In terms of the Titans, Derrick Henry, 28 for 131. If you ran, my, if you read my DFS breakdown, which members get, I said this is going to be a Derrick Henry game where they're going to rush him close to 30 times a day. Corey Davis, 5 for 113. A.J. Brown, who I was pretty vocal, I was on in terms of fantasy this year, he's been having a lot of uncharacteristic drops this year, so you really have to question him moving forward. In terms of the Titans, I mean, they compete hard. They're insanely well-coached. But I question their back four, their offensive line, and their ability to rush the pass. I really think this team is overrated, and they've had a lot of stuff break their way. I think these are two insanely overrated teams, and teams I will look to fade moving into the playoffs and moving on. I have, I'm in, Me and my guys are obviously invested in both of team total unders. We had the Ravens under 11.5, and we had the Titans under the 9.5. So we'll probably win the Ravens and lose the Titans. Moving on, we have the Eagles 17, Browns 22. The thing about this game that stuck out to me is a couple things. In terms of the Eagles, I put it out there way back in March when we were in lockdown. I really feel that Doug Peterson doesn't view Miles Sanders as a person that can touch the ball 25 times a game, and that's what it's turning out to be. Miles Sanders only had 19 touches yesterday. And when you're playing in a sloppy field like that and your quarterback, Carson Wentz, is obviously struggling, why, for the love of God, aren't you giving your best playmaker, your most explosive player, more than 19 touches? I have no idea. And I'm really starting to question Doug Peterson and this offensive genius that everyone has made him out to be. I really don't think he is. I really think they caught lightning in the bottom with that Super Bowl run, and they did it with Nick Foles, not Carson Wentz. So that obviously has to make you question, did they make the right choice in keeping Carson Wentz, also a more expensive option that limits how many pieces you can build around him? Dallas Galbert, one of the guys I built around in the DFS breakdown, 5 or 77, which is great. In terms of the Browns, this is the thing that's always going to get me that I'm not going to understand for the life of me. You have Nick Chubb, 20 for 114. Great, the best running back in the game. Hands down, the best fucking running back in the game. And you are giving Kareem motherfucking Hunt goal line carries? Kareem Hunt was 13 for 11, one TD, and he's getting the fucking goal line carries. Explain to me in what world that, that makes sense. And that's my issue with the Browns and Stefanski right now. The Browns have shown they're going to play up or down to the level of our competition, which is fine. It's a young team. That's what a lot of young teams do. But you're not giving your best runner, your best running back, plays, touches, really? He had 20 touches. That was it. And I really think they're better off if they trade Kareem Hunt, get a better asset. Because Chubb, Chubb needs to be the alpha. He needs to be the one running the ball. He is a much better runner. At the end of the day, do I like this Brown squad? I like parts of it. Miles Garrett is obviously playing at the all-pro level, defensive MVP level. Offensive line is great. They have the best running back in the game. They have wide receiver Jarvis Landry. They can go make a catch and move the sticks. I don't trust Baker Mayfield, and I don't trust Kevin Skafanski with his in-game adjustments. Next game, weird game. The Patriots lost to the Texans 27-20. Unfortunately, we did invest in the Patriots live. Jesus Christ, I really thought they were going to get that last drive together against that Texans defense, which I have faded against in DFS. And 
betting against anytime I can catch the other team live a lot this year. It kind of surprised me that Harris only had 11 rushes for 43 outs. Texans are one of the worst DOVA against the run. And I really expected they would take advantage of that. Instead, they beat him with a pass. Newton, 365. Damian Bird, 6 for 132. Rex Bird went down with a devastating knee injury, probably out for the year. Thoughts and prayers to him. Hopefully he gets a speedy recovery. But this is kind of my issue with the Patriots this year. It kind of doesn't make sense to me why they wouldn't run the ball more and attack that defense of the Texans more. Texans have been awful this year against the run. And I'm really starting to questioning Josh McDaniel. When the Patriots looked better at the beginning of the year, they are running the more of the Auburn system, where it was run heavy with Newton. And Newton only had three rushes this last game. He was way more in the pocket looking to pass. So I'm really kind of questioning that. I mean, granted, Newton hasn't looked the same since the COVID bug that he had. And I really have to question how much that is affecting his play. Watson is Watson. I mean, 28 for 37, 344, two TDs, six rushes for 36 yards. End of the day, guys, he's a top five quarterback. He is good. and But my biggest fear is the Texans are going to waste him like the Lions are wasting Matt Stafford. They need to do a better job building around him. Brandon Cooks, four for 85. Fuller, six for 80. Guys, the Texans are the Texans. What do I mean by that? Offensively, because of Watson, they're going to be able to stay in a lot of games. But their defense is such a liability, especially in the back four and against the run. They're going to allow opponents to stay in games just because they won't be able to get off the field. Next game, Steelers 27, Jaguars 3. Oh, my God. I totally, I had the Jags plus the 7.5 here. Bad pick to start the game for Lutton. Lutton, 16 for 37, 4 INTs, buck 51. He was playing so good, I really felt if he would at least kept it competitive and looked decent, this would have been his starting job for the rest of the year. Everyone knows that Minshew isn't the answer in Jacksonville long-term, and they're definitely going to be drafting a quarterback. So disappointed for him. They'll probably go back to Minshew starting as soon as he can off the IR. The offense just looked bad for the Jags, and they're missing C.J. Henderson, which allowed the Steelers wide receivers especially Johnson, to have a good game. Johnson, oh my God, 12 for 111. That's why, it was in the, that's why it was in the forward built around, guys. He was a smash spot against a terrible defense. That's why it was in the forward built around. Big Ben, Big Ben, 267, two passing TDs. But here's the situation, guys. Ravens just lost. Steelers just won. We have the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. Steelers to win the North. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, I'm probably going to be betting the Ravens just because the line's going to get out of wreck. And oh my God, especially with this COVID news coming out, I cannot wait to hammer this Ravens line when it just gets overinflated just because people are overreacting to the COVID news. Next game, oh my God. All these, Eric, what about Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill? Did you guys watch the game? Yes, I know the Saints won 24-9. Taysom Hill looked awful on some passes. Like that one deep one he threw to Michael Thomas that barely got there. He was constantly underthrowing. He's not a good passer. Yeah, he's a good runner. But there's a reason why this guy wasn't drafted. He's he's a gadget-type player. And once teams get more film on him, he's going he's gonna to struggle. He does not give the Saints the best chance to win. And that was evident because reports are coming out like Saints players were upset and felt that Jameis Winston should have been starting. 
Yes, I know they beat the Falcons 24-9, as I previously said, but the Falcons' defense is so god-awful. That's why they had success. It wasn't like he was going against an elite-level defense. And also important to note, Alvin Kamara didn't have a catch, thus it breaks his consecutive game streak of having a catch in the game. And I'm sure he can't be too happy about that. Because at the end of the day, guys, you have to remember, these little nuggets like that, consecutive games with a pat, with a reception, those help players like Kamara get the bigger contracts. And in the NFL, your window to win, to earn money is so small, you got to capitalize on that. Next game, Bengals 9, the football team 20. I mean, the biggest news out of this game, Joe Burrow went down with injury. You hate to see it. Torn MCL, torn ACL, some more structural damage. But I said it at the fir- the fir- after the first week. If you're not protecting your asset in Joe Burrow, what the hell are you doing? Guys, I live in Chicago. I'm not going to buy a motherfucking Ferrari without having a garage to store the fucking Ferrari. And that's basically what was happening. They had this nice, shiny, shiny new toy, and Joe Burrow was just taking a beating because they weren't taking care of it. So... I'm sorry for Burrow, but hopefully the Bengals know in this next draft they have to address the line and protect their asset. Also, they need to be running the ball way more. And what do I mean by that? Well, Gio Bernard, who I think is a undervalued asset, he's a good runner. He only had nine rushes for 18 yards. P. Ryan, five for 19. Guys, here's the thing. The Bengals showed last year when Mixon was the second-leading rusher last year in the NFL for the second half of the season that the Zach Taylor offense runs better when it's filtered through the running back. When you're asking your quarterback to go back that many times with a bad offensive line, something as devastating for this is more than likely going to happen, and I fucking hate to see it. I wish Joe Burrow nothing but a speedy recovery. Next game, Miami 13, Broncos 20. Guys, I tried to fucking tell you. All the hate I got about Tua. Oh, Eric, you don't know anything. Eric this, Eric this. Guys, I tried to tell you. Tua is not that fucking good. First game, he looked like awful, did not throw to the left side of the field. Second game, who did he play? He played the Cardinals. The Cardinals were getting guys off the scrap heap. Guys were, they had a bunch of practice squad players out there. So, of course, a player like Tua, who's not that good, but he is a backup in the NFL in my eyes, is going to take advantage of that. Then he played the, the Chargers, who constantly shot themselves in the foot, giving Tua a great field position. Now you actually have a game where Tua has to go in and lead the team down. He can't do it. He had under 100 yards. Brian Flores benched him because he felt Ryan Fitzpatrick gave them a better chance of winning. Let that sink in. To everyone out there who messaged me how, quote-unquote, dumb I was for my Tua take, which, let's face it, I'm right. Sit on that. Just sit on that knowledge that the coach said that Ryan Fitzpatrick, the backup, gave them a better chance to win. And now come at me and say I'm wrong with my two take. Broncos, I mean, Broncos run the ball way too much. They need to air the ball out with Drew Locke. They just let them throw it. Drew Locke has more velocity in his throws than Tua. He steps in more to his throws than Tua. So, honestly, like, if I had a quarterback guru, I would take Drew Locke over Tua. I said it. And anyone who knows the quarterback position will agree with me. But 
Shermer is forcing them to run the ball way too much. And I'm not going to lie. As soon as Melvin Gordon fumbled the ball on the one, I thought Fitzpatrick for sure was going to lead him down on a 99-yard touchdown to tie the game. But the Broncos' defense came through. It's going to be really interesting to see when Flores is going to switch back to the Dolphins because two is not it, guys. Two is not it. It's kind of funny that you guys think it. Think he is, but he's not it. Chargers 34, Jets 28. Hey, good teams win, great teams cover. I am not going to lie. I was drinking the Woodfield Reserve during this game. The Jets are the most frustrating team in the world. It really blows my mind, the play calling, the decision making, everything around this team. And the fact Adam Gase has a job is mind-boggling to me. But hey, let's give credit where credit is due. Herbert, I mean, 37 for 49, 366, three TDs. I will give him credit. He His accuracy is better than I thought. He doesn't throw someone open. He'll throw when you get open. That's my one knock on Herbert. Big, tall, physical guy. He will run. He's doing way better than I thought he would be. But let's not get it twisted. The more teams get film on people, the more you have to adjust. It's going to be interesting to see next year how teams do adjust. This was a second win. And the I like Anthony Lynn, but he's built the culture of losing there way too much. And until they get someone else in there, this team is going to be what they are, a mediocre run-of-the-mill team. In terms of the Jets, guys, come on. You got Joe Flacco, fucking Frank Gore. This team's just trying to get that number one pick. It's going to be interesting to see if Lawrence goes there or not. But like I've said numerous times, a lot of teams would want to be the Jets. Why is that? Well, the Jets right now, they have the worst record in the league. And looking at their schedule, when the fuck are they going to get the, <laughs> when the fuck are they going to get their first win? The reason I bet the Jets this week is if they were going to get a win, it was going to be against the Chargers because this is the only team with a losing record they have left on their schedule. So they could very well not win a game and have that top pick. You know how many people want to have Trevor Lawrence? This is one of the highest-rated quarterback prospects coming out in a long time. And you look at the Jets' schedule, like I said, play the Dolphins, winning record. Raiders, winning record. Seahawks, winning record. Rams, winning record. Browns, winning record. Which game are they winning? I admit it, I'm probably going to bet on the on the Jets this next weekend at home against Miami, but Jesus Christ, they could go 0-16. And, and if they do, hopefully you guys all can stop giving me shit about my Detroit Lions, who went 0-16 back in the day. Next game, entertaining game. Colts 34, Pack 31. Game went overtime. Colts came back from 14 down. Aaron Jones only 10 for 41. Here's the thing. Aaron Jones needs to be touching the ball 20 times via through the pass or rushing the ball for this for this Packers offense to be as efficient as it could be. Devontae Adams, 7, 106, 1 TD. Guys, I'm just so pissed off. If he didn't get hurt, all the futures in terms of receiving, he would have hit, hit. He got hurt. He missed a couple of games. That's hurt him. But if you look at his production per game, hands down the best wide receiver in the game. Rodgers, 27 38, 311, three TDs. Colts side of the ball. Colts actually gave Jonathan Taylor 22 rushing attempts. 
Let's hear it for Frank Wright, guys. Let's hear it for Frank Wright, who finally figured out, hey, I have a back who needs repetition, needs to work his way into the game to be motherfucking successful. Way to go, Frank. Way to finally fucking figure it out. Michael Pittman, 3 for 66, 1 TD. Phillip Rivers, 24 for 36, 3 TDs, 282. They were running a little bit of the Wildcat with Jacoby Percet, which I think they're going to have to do moving on because Rivers can't do that stuff. He is so goddamn old, looks old in the pocket. But this team, I'm telling you guys, this Colts team is a legitimate team. You look at the standings right now in the AFC, they are ahead in the South. They're 7-3. and three. Right now, they would be the four seed in the playoffs, and they would have to play the Titans at home. God, can you imagine three games against the Titans? This team is very dangerous. I love this team. I've been hyping this team for a while. They finally are getting the rhythm going with the running game. Pittman can make the plays on the outside. And guys, as long as Houston and Leonard are are playing defense, they're going to be able to get to the quarterback. And Xavier Rhodes, when he has a pass rush, is a good DB. It's amazing how that happens and why I don't believe there is such thing as a shutdown corner in the NFL. Now let's move on. Cowboys 31-28. Guys, nothing better than hitting a juicy dog at plus 282. Dogs were barking yesterday. It was their 2-0 in money line bets. The offense looked better, and like I said, Offensive line's getting a little better. Andy Dalton was better. And this Minnesota defense is god-awful. Cooper, 6 for 81. Lamb, 4 for 34. Arguably the catch of the year. Gallup, 2 for 29. Guys, the Vikings are awful against the slot. That's why I was all in on Goff Gallup in terms of that touchdown bet. Didn't hit. Ezekiel out at 21 for 103. First time over 100 yards this year. And it's kind of funny. The one thing I've noticed about Elliott is he's so used to playing behind an experience line that can open up holes. He's just not hitting the gap like he used to hit the gap. But you have someone, Pollard, who's younger and hungry. He just runs straight ahead, and if he gets if he gets through, he gets through. So that's why pe- people aren't realizing how much Pollard is more explosive than Elliott is right now. Minnesota, I mean, the level that Cook is playing at right now, as I wrote in my DFS breakup, he is seeing the A gap, the B gap, the C gap. He's seeing all gaps and all lanes for a running back right now. He is playing at such a high level, it's fucking ridiculous. It is fucking ridiculous what level this kid is playing at. And it's going completely misguided. Adam Thielen, eight receptions, buck 23, two TDs, playing him in the slot. And like I said at the beginning of the year, if they play him in the slot, I like him. They're playing him in the slot. He's taking advantage of the matchup. He still can't beat corners that line up on the outside. And guys, let's face it. Minnesota, they were playing some easy teams. That's why the hype wasn't real. Next game, Sunday night game. Raiders plus 7.5 cashed for us. But they lost 35-31. How the flying fuck do you not have Kelsey checked in that situation? God, who didn't, didn't... know that the ball wasn't going to Kelsey there. And I will give Gruden credit. I really don't think this roster is that talented, but he's putting him in a, in a position to win. And they're overachieving, and they're probably going to make the playoffs. Jacobs, 17 for 55. They run the ball 51% of the time. Obviously, their offense is going to filter through Jacobs. He's always going to be a great value. Waller, 7 for 88, 1 TD. Hands down, he's got to be in the tight end con- conversation now of who's the better Tight end, it's got to be between him, Kelsey, and Kittle. If Kittle ever gets healthy, Zach Hurts has dropped out of the top four. 
in terms of the Chiefs, Edwards, Alaire, 69 rushing yards against a team that's got awful against the run. That's my thing with Alaire. Yeah, he had two touchdowns, but he only had 69 yards. He's small. He can't run in between the tackles. And he only puts up numbers when he plays a defense that isn't good against the run. And that's what the Ra- Raiders are. But would you even consider 14 for 69 and two TDs a good game? I wouldn't. I wouldn't at all. Kelsey, 8 for 127. Hill, 11 for 102. One tutty. Mahomes is Mahomes. 348 yards, two passing touchdowns with one pick. So that's it, guys. Ran through the games. Give me my thoughts. Um, like I said, I really don't know what's going to happen moving forward, Where when the next show is going to be. College football power rankings will be coming out later today as well. Tomorrow, Tuesday, waiver wire, and I'll also be releasing my NFL power rankings. Working on a little piece where I am going through about every NBA's moves they made and what I think about them and stuff like that. So we have stuff going on here. Make sure you check out my website, etof21sports, for everything. Spending spreadsheets are there. Blog posts, link to the podcast, everything is there, guys. So make sure you're checking that out. If you're interested in memberships, hey, shoot me up. You know, if you guys like making money, we can cash some tickets. That's it. Have a good day. Be safe, be well, and happy Thanksgiving.